Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Joanne Wilson, co-pastor at Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. So, in this ghost series, we've been talking about a lot of different things. People got baptized, the power of the Holy Spirit last week with evidence of speaking in tongues, man. It's awesome. This week, I got a brand new message for you. And if you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. Acts 16, verses 6 through 10. If you got it, it reads something like this. Paul and his companions travel through the region of Phrygia. I know it does not look like that's how it sounds, but that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. And Galatia. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, underline that, he was kept from preaching the gospel in the province of Asia. He was stopped by the Holy Spirit. My goodness gracious. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter at Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So now we see twice Holy Spirit's not letting them preach at a specific place. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of, uh, of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Verse 10, after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Oh man, if you're taking notes right now, I want you to give this thing this title. I'm calling this message, The Spirit of No. The Spirit of No. N O spells no. The Spirit of No. And if you got your app, you already got the notes, man. So you can just fill in the blanks wherever that is. All right. So yeah, use that cool church app. It's awesome. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you once again for this day, for this day that you have made. God, let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I thank you that before the earth began to spin on its axis, you knew each and every person that would be watching this message right now. God, I pray that I would lie down as you rise up. Don't let this word be my own, but let it come directly from your throne room of grace. God, I pray that hearts, minds, and ears are always open and receptive to receive a message that will always be about Jesus. God, as we endeavor to build strong families, and build strong futures, I pray, God, that you will build up people that are fortified in your spirit. And God, that they would understand that your no is not a denial, but it is a direction. And God, we love you. We thank you today. I pray that by the time this is all said and done, somebody meets Jesus. I pray these things. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. All right, let's take about five seconds. Give Jesus some praise. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Come on, shake those cameras on Zoom. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, y'all in the studio, I'm going to need y'all to preach with me today. All right, here we go. I'm going to try to teach and preach a little bit. All right, so here, here we go. I think one of the greatest gifts, we've been talking about all the things that the Holy Spirit can do in the life of a believer. I think the, one of the greatest gifts, and I touched on it a bit 
the first week in the deposit series, I, I called the Holy Spirit. I said he's like a compass. I think one of the greatest things that the Holy Spirit can do for you is give you guidance. Guidance, direction, tells you which way to go. I, I believe this because the Bible makes a big deal about the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to continually guide us. There's so many verses like Psalms 37, 23 that says the steps of a good man or the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. I don't want to go my way. I want to go God's way. But look at what Mark 1.12 says. It says at once the spirit sent him out into the wilderness. This person moved and they were directed to go into the wilderness by the spirit. Look at Mark 8.14. It says those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. God's children go the way that the Spirit leads them. Look at Galatians uh, 5, uh, uh, 18. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So even the guidance of the Holy Spirit pulls you away from law so that you can walk towards the grace of Almighty God. But then look at what Galatians 5.25 says, and we preached on this and I've taught on this so many times. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us stay in step with the Spirit. It means that the Spirit is ordering our steps. And if your life is has steps that are ordered by the Spirit, it actually looks like a beautiful dance where the Spirit is your dance partner and you're allowing the Spirit to lead you. And when you move together, it is so much more beautiful than it would look if you chose to move separately. The Spirit wants to lead you to the beauty and the things that God has for you, but you must allow them to lead. If we allow him, the Spirit will direct the path of our life. And there are many ways that the Spirit can guide you, but I personally believe the Spirit's most powerful way to guide you is no. It's a two-letter word. No. It's the word we don't want to hear. But I believe that when the Spirit says no, God is trying to shout something at you because he knows where he wants you to go. Growing up, man, my parents, I love them both, but if I ever wanted to go to a friend's house, like a friend from school, um, if my mama did not know them, the automatic answer was no. Like, it, it wasn't even, it wasn't a debate. It wasn't up for discussion. I'd be like, uh, Mom, Billy's having a, a party at his house this weekend. Mom, can I go? She'd look at me like I was crazy. He's like, how dare you ask me that question? You know I don't know this child. Why? What? And this is what she always used to say. And, 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 and like she still says stuff like this to this day. She's like, Terry, my no mean no. It don't change to yes. It's always no. So don't expect me to change what I'm going to do. If I tell you no, it mean no. And no is no is no. It's two letters and O. They both spell no. No, no, no. If mom said no, it was no. And my dad was smart. Because if I knew mama said no, I used to think if I go to dad and I ask, he's going to say yes. But when I used to go to dad, I'd be like, dad, Billy's having a party this weekend. It's going to be totally tubular. No, I didn't say it like that. But I'm like, dad, want to go to this party. And you know what he say? He was smart because he didn't want to get in trouble either. And he would say, what'd your mother say? 
what did your mother say? And I will put my head down in disgrace because I knew when my mama said no, it meant no. And her no did not change to yes. Today, I can't even front as much as I hate to admit it. I know that I have definitely become a combination of my parents. And when Baba asks me about certain friends that she wants to hang out with that I have never met, that I do not know, oh my God, Dad, oh my God, Dad, I want to go to this party with my friend. I'm like, first of all, you're 11. Sit down somewhere. Like, you better be going to Chuck E. Cheese, okay? Oh my God, Dad, I want to go to this party. Oh my God. I'm like, no. But then, no, my, my no don't change to yes. My no means no. And I find myself saying the same things that my parents said to me. I hated it as a kid. But as a parent, I understand that those no's probably saved me from things that I never knew would come in my life. It used to drive me nuts because I'm like, yo, they say no to everything. No is the word that I hated to hear, but it may have saved my life more times than I'll ever know. My parents' guidance may have annoyed me, but I needed the no that they gave me. How many no's have you gotten in your life that are possibly responsible for you still being here right now? Ask yourself that question, especially in the days and times that we live in. I'm thankful my parents said no, man, because people are crazy. You go to somebody's house, you may not come back. People get sex trafficked. There's all kinds of nonsense out there. Parents, don't be scared to tell your children no. Don't be the cool parent. Be a parent. They got enough friends. They need parents. And all the saints said, amen. No is a word we all hate to hear, but no saves us more times than we can ever possibly count. And sometimes the only way that God can get us to do what he wants us to do is to tell us no. We don't like to hear it, but we need to hear it. And I love God because God has always guided his children with that word no. And I know yet we want God to say yes to everything that we want. But God has used no so many times in the Bible, and it has been a blessing for everyone he has used it to. We are not the first person that God may have said no to. I mean, even the apostles got no often when they were trying to do things that were out of their own will and not God's will. The Apostle Paul is the one that we read about today and we hear how God guides him through no. Even the Apostle Paul, the powerful man of God, would get the occasional Holy Ghost no. I want to tell you a few things you need to understand about the spirit of no. And the first is this. The spirit says no to good things. I know that I know that sounds counter because you're like, whoa, whoa, that don't sound right, Pastor. I need some Bible to back that up. That don't sound good. The Spirit says no to good things. Look at Acts 16, 6 through 7. It says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Underline that. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit 
It didn't say a man told them no. It didn't say border control told them no. It said the Holy Spirit, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. We see two times in a row that Paul and his companions were trying to go somewhere to preach the gospel and they were stopped by the Holy Spirit. We don't know how they were stopped. We don't know what happened physically. We don't know the physical manifestation of no, but whatever it is, it was enough to stop the apostle Paul from doing what he wanted to do. You see, this would have been around Paul's second missionary journey and he was excited because he started to hear about all the stuff that was happening with the church of Ephesus. So he wanted to go down southwest to the church of Ephesus, the Ephesian church, so that he could strengthen and help empower that church even more because they were already doing great things. But he wanted to come in as the man of God and really encourage them so that they could be strengthened in their doctrine and strengthened in their faith. But Holy Spirit said, no, you, you can't. You can't go there. So he gets prevented from doing that so much so he even writes about it in Ephesians chapter one. He's like, hey, y'all, I, I know I've been delayed in coming to you. I want to come to you, but the spirit has not let me come to you yet. So the writings that we get in Acts, you also hear something in Ephesians chapter one that corresponds to what's happening in Acts. When Paul writes himself, I wanted to come to you, but the spirit would not allow me to come to you at this time. So once he gets stopped from going to the church in Ephesus, he says, OK. Well, let me let me go north. I can't go southwest. Let me go north. And he, he, he tries to go north towards the Black Sea to Bithynia, but the spirit stops him again and will not allow him to go. And soon Paul finds himself in a place where he can't preach the gospel in Asia. Now, when I say Asia, I'm not talking about Far East Asia, uh, like you would think about with Singapore and China. No, I'm talking about Asia Minor to be specific. This Asia Minor would have been a Roman province, a Roman rural province, and today that province will be called Turkey, okay? So Asia Minor, the, the place that he was trying to preach the gospel that the Holy Spirit said no to, that's modern-day Turkey. So, so I asked this question. Because when I read my Bible, I'm like, yo, this does not make sense to me. Why would the Holy Spirit stop the apostle from preaching the gospel? Why would the Holy Ghost stop Paul from traveling somewhere to preach the gospel? Didn't Jesus say, go throughout all the world and preach the gospel? Baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Like, if Jesus said, go throughout all the world and preach it, and Paul is being obedient to what Jesus has called him to do, then why would the Holy Spirit say, yeah, you can go everywhere and preach the gospel, but not here. And you can't preach it there either. You can go everywhere and do it, but you cannot do it here. We see Paul get rejected twice from doing what he believed that he was called to do until finally the hindrance of the Holy Ghost leads him to Troas. It's the only place that the spirit would allow him to go. Wasn't Paul trying to do the right thing? Why would the spirit stop him from doing something good? And I had this thought as I was reading these verses, and I believe this in my spirit because I know that this resonates with my own life. The right thing 
at the wrong time will make the right thing wrong every time. The right thing at the wrong time will make the right thing wrong every time. Like laughing is the right thing. <laughs> it's awesome, right? But when somebody's being serious, it's the wrong time every time. Celebrating is the right thing. But when your celebration hurts someone who feels like they've lost, it's wrong every time. Being honest with people, it's the right thing. But when you tell the truth with the intention to hurt, it's wrong every time. Sex. 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 It's the right thing. And the church said, amen. amen. Before marriage, it's wrong every time. Marriage, it's the right thing. I know it's some folks out there waiting for a Boaz. Come on, somebody. Marriage is the right thing. When somebody feels pressured, it's the wrong thing every time. Preaching Jesus, man, it's the right thing. But trying to do it without finding common ground or developing relationships with the people you're preaching to makes it the right thing wrong every time. Don't be mad when the spirit says no, because you may be trying to do the right thing at the wrong time, the wrong place. And truth be told, you might be the wrong person. Oh, that's offensive. Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Just because you can do all things through Christ doesn't mean you should. There's some things that are not for you. What is for you is for you. Have you ever thought that you might be pushing against the goads? You might be going against the waves because you're trying to force something that was not meant for you? I'll never forget, man. Um, when, when, I, when I was in college, I was excited. I was doing my master's thesis. I was an illustrator by, by, by trade. That's what I got um, my degree in. So I, I used to draw comic books. Like even for my thesis projects, I would always draw comic books because I like telling stories. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with comics. I got collections of comics in my garage. I'm going to draw my wife crazy because I collect everything, okay? But I love comic books so much. Every comic movie, I get excited. So um, in college, I used to draw comics. And, and I thought that's what I would do. Yes, your pastor thought he was going to, if you don't believe me, look, here's some pictures right here just so I can kind of prove to you. Yes, I know it looks crazy, but I, I created a comic book called Reflections. And this is how I knew I was still kind of saved. It was about the end times. It was about the end times. So it was the young man that was trying to figure out how to survive in those end times. And you see like that demon looking figure behind him. It was like, yo, he was trying to figure out how to, how to combat the antichrist. I know it sounds corny and cheesy, but that's, that was literally like, I, I like, I was like still kind of saved. So like the stuff I did kind of took the, you can show like the next picture. Um, so it's called reflections, you know? So yeah, this is, there's a couple comic pages there that I had drawn out. You could show them, uh, the next, I thought I was like a, a, a basketball player. So the, the character is like kind of formed after me and I can't dunk, but in comic books I can dunk. So I, I drew myself dunk. It was awesome. It was great. Okay. So you get to see those are some old comic book pages from almost 20 years ago. My goodness gracious. I hate to say it, but yes. So I thought I was going to be a comic book artist. And one of my teachers worked in the comic industry. So they used to get me uh, interviews everywhere. They thought I had the, the talent and the skills to do it. So I would interview in places. And, you know, there was a couple internships. He wanted me to do different things. And for whatever reason, 
it just wasn't in the cards for me. And that season of my life, it did not work out. I just kept hearing no after no after no after no after no. And it was frustrating because I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to do what I feel like I'm called to do. I'm just trying to do what I feel like I'm good at. This is the desire in my heart. I went to school for this and it just was not panning out. I got so many no's. I got so frustrated. I came back to the one place I said I would never come back to, which was South Florida. God gave me so many no's. It got me back here. I had no idea why he wanted me back here, but I became a teacher down here and I began to serve back in my local church down here. And eventually I became the youth pastor at the church that I was serving at. And eventually after 13 years, I was launched out with my beautiful wife and we started a brand new church called Cool Church. And I'm standing in front of this camera preaching to you today because God told me no for something that I thought was good a long time ago. You never know where the no will lead you to. See, I think it's very interesting. I found myself coming to a place that I said I would never come back to doing something that I never thought I would do in my life. God closed every door in my life until I did the one thing that I did not think I was even equipped to do. Was wanting to be a comic artist bad? Absolutely not. But the Holy Spirit said no. I, I, I just, I, I want to sit here for a second because I want somebody to understand, like you feel like you're doing everything right and God has said no time and time and time and time and time and time again and you are trying to force issues in your life that you feel like should be working out and they are not. I am asking you to take no as not a stop, but no as a direction. Maybe God is just trying to change your perspective about what you are doing right now because you may think that the thing you are doing right now is right, but you might not even be the person that's called to do what you are trying to do. There's a lot of good things that you may feel called to, but the question is, are those good things called to you? Just because it's good doesn't mean that it's called to you. You might feel called to it, but I know, I, I know this saying, oh man, he's what we saying, nice stuff that's going to make me feel good about myself. Listen, just because it's good and you feel called to it doesn't mean that that thing is called to you. But here's the beautiful part. See, if the spirit says no, all you got to do is trust that the plan that he has for you is perfectly suited for you. See, God knew that being a comic book artist in that season of my life was not perfectly suited for me. But here's the thing. I may not be telling stories in comic books today, but God knew I needed all those no's to tell the story of the greatest superhero of all time. Because at the end of the day, my superhero can open blind eyes. My superhero can make the lame walk. My superhero can bring dead things back to life, but here's the best part. When the enemy thought that they killed my superhero, my superhero took three days to show him who was boss, defeated death, hell, and the grave, because you can't kill my superhero because he's a king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha Omega beginning and the end. My superhero's name is Jesus, and God knew that in this time, I would be perfectly suited to tell the story 
story, but I'd never be able to tell the story of that hero if I did not heed the note that he told me when I was trying to tell the story about other heroes. Take the no, because the no just means that this might not be for you, but God has something that is perfectly suited for you. So sometimes the Spirit says no to good things. But get this, the Spirit says no to get you what you need. Oh, this right here, this will change your life. The Spirit says no to get you what you need. Acts 16 verse 8, it says, So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. Stop. They passed Mycenae. So they went south. Spirit said no. They went north. The spirit said no. So all they could do is go forward. Sidebar. Sometimes, man, the only way you can go in life is forward. God will shut down everything so that you continue to move forward. Do not get weary in doing good. You'll reap a harvest if you do not give up. Keep moving forward. Stop looking to the left. Stop looking to the right. Stop paying attention to what everybody else is doing. Keep your eyes fixed forward. Sometimes the only direction God will allow you to move is forward. But see, Paul, he got denied. He got denied time one. He got denied time two. And he felt like, man, this is the only place I can go. And too many people, they hear no and they think stop. No is not a stop. No is a direction. He was being guided by hindrance. I love this because when you live a life led by the Holy Spirit, by, excuse me, when you live a life led by the Holy Spirit, even hindrance is helpful. Listen to me. I want you to catch this because some of us, let's be honest, some of us, I'm going to talk to me. I I need a no every now and then. Like, I, I need no's. Man, without no's, I'm a mess. Let me tell you something. I need to say no to the mozzarella sticks because it guides me to say yes to the celery sticks. We need no's. Paul didn't know he needed that no, but he needs no. You got to say no to the sandwich to guide you to say yes to the salad. Sometimes you got to say no to the new shoes, the new clothes, or the impulse buys, because it's going to guide you to say yes to the money that you have stored up in your savings account. Sometimes you got to say no to the person that checks your tall, dark, and handsome boxes, because it's going to guide you to say yes to the one that checks your emotional and spiritual boxes. Sometimes you got to say no every time you need to say no to the side piece to guide you to say yes to the vows that you made to your spouse that say, till death do us part. Some of us need a no more than we realize. See, even Paul understood how much, not even Paul understood how much he needed no. Like Paul, this is, this is the guy that writes two-thirds of the New Testament. You think he has everything together. He knows more scripture than everybody. Not even Paul understood how much he needed the help of no. Theologians would tell us that Luke would have been the writer of the book of Acts, which is beautiful. And this is the book that we are reading. And Luke, uh, what he did when he wrote the book of Acts, he documents Paul's three missionary journeys, but he also documents the journey that Paul had to take to stand trial in Rome in front of Caesar. 
Many theologians believe that Luke was a disciple of Paul and a traveling companion of Paul. How did they come to this conclusion that this skilled writer and, by the way, this physician, because Paul was a doctor, how did they come to the conclusion that this skilled writer and doctor was Paul's traveling companion and disciple? Well, the answer is in the text. Look at Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. I'm going to read the whole thing again. I want you to underline certain portions. Underline this first part. It says, Paul and his companions, underline that. Look at that. Travel through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came, underline that, they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit would not, not allow them. Underline that. Allow them. I want you to underline that. Verse 8. This is where it starts to get interesting. So they passed my sea and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing with them, uh, standing, begging, begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Listen to this, verse 10. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready. Underline that. We got ready to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God called us, called us, underline that, to preach the gospel to them. Did you notice what just happened in four verses? In four verses, the writer of the passage, which is Luke, goes from talking in third person to first person. Did you catch it? When he starts, this is Paul and his companions. He's talking about them, those guys. When they came to the border, they did not allow them. We get to verse 10, and it says, after Paul had seen a vision, we got ready. We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God called us to preach the gospel to them. Some theologians believe that in 49 AD, Paul meets Luke in Troas, the one place that he was not even trying to go. And from there, he follows them off and on in his missionary journeys. And it is based on this particular passage, Acts 16, 6 to 10. Luke goes from writing about Paul and his companions to going to writing about Paul and himself. Why is this important? After they stop in Troas, the city Paul did not want to go to. It wasn't his first option. It wasn't his second option. The only reason his third, it was his third option. It was the only city left that was in his path. It's not the city that he wanted to go to. After they stop in Troas, they pick up Dr. Luke because that from there, when he gets there, he goes with him to Macedonia. So in Troas, the place Paul did not want to go, they pick up Dr. and Arthur, author uh, Luke to go with them to Philippi and Macedonia. But here's what happens. After they travel throughout Macedonia, eventually, Paul, he takes Luke back to Jerusalem to sit in front of the other apostles, one of which is James the brother of Jesus. Why is all of this important? You're saying, Pastor, why are you going through all this history and stuff? Because I want you to catch it. If Paul doesn't get the no's, all the N-O's that lead him to Troas, he does not meet up with Luke, who couldn't be
be his personal doctor. And we know that Paul needed one because he said that there was a thorn in my flesh that I could not get rid of. We don't know what the ailment was, but there was something that was going on in Paul's life where he needed a doctor. So God sent him to the one place that he did not want to go to get the doctor that he needed. But listen, here's the other part. Now Paul also has a skilled writer with him. So now he has somebody to document all of his exploits, which is where we get the book of Acts from. But it gets even better than that. Because Paul picked up Luke, Paul took Luke with him back to Jerusalem to meet James, the brother of Jesus. And the only reason that we have the gospel of Luke is because Luke was able to get first hand eyewitness accounts from the brother of Jesus, James, in order to write the gospel. If Paul does not go to Troas, he does not get a doctor, he does not get a writer, and we do not get Acts, and we do not get Luke. Therefore, the very completion of the gospel is contingent upon Paul going to Troas, the one city he didn't even want to go to. I want, you, I want you to really understand this. These two books, Luke and Acts, are some key uh, uh, books of the New Testament that we never get if the Holy Spirit doesn't say no to Paul's original destinations. Troas wasn't the mission, but the mission of the gospel could not be completed without what they found in Troas. Because they found Luke... In Troas, they found what they needed. The Holy Spirit will tell you no to get you to where you have to go to get exactly what you need. Ask yourself this question. What does God want you to get in this season that is necessary for you to be successful in your next season? Some of you so mad that God has told you no about something, but God has told you no in this season because he knows that there is something necessary you need to be successful in the next season. Go where the no takes you because it's necessary for your success. Listen to me, you need no to equip you for what's next. And finally, the spirit says, no, not big enough. Oh, man, if you get this, it's going to change your life. The spirit says, no, not big enough. Acts chapter 16, verses 9 and 10. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Man, I love this. After this vision, Paul and his team, they waste no time. All right, you said no in Ephesus. You said no in all these other places. You led us to Troas. We, we didn't preach here, but we gained this new, this new guy, Luke. Hope he's going to be cool on the journey. See, we live in, in, in the benefit of, of, of hindsight. We already know what, what happened. We know the story, but Paul never uh, was, a, was able to fully see what the full gospel would be. So we live now knowing that we have the book of Acts and the book of Luke, but there's an even greater victory in it that I want you to understand that no leads to. After they leave Troas, 
they sailed across the Aegean Sea to Macedonia, believing that that's where the Spirit finally wanted them to go. When they get to Macedonia, they don't hear no. When they get to Macedonia, they hear yes, and they go to Philippi in Macedonia. Why did they hear yes in Macedonia, but they heard no in the province of Asia? Because of Paul's willingness to listen and not fight against the no of the Holy Spirit, instead of reaching a few cities with the gospel in Asia Minor, Paul and his team were responsible for being the first people to present the gospel in Macedonia. The reason that some of y'all don't look excited as I say that is because you don't know what Macedonia is known as today. But I give you a clue. Paul wasn't just responsible for a few cities in Asia Minor. He was responsible for allowing the gospel to spread all throughout Macedonia. Macedonia in 2021 isn't a city. Macedonia in 2021 isn't a country. It's a continent called Europe. Paul is responsible for the continent of Europe receiving the gospel because he did not allow the nose to deter him from what he was called to do. He accepted the nose and he went forward to where God had called him because God was never calling Paul to a city. God was calling Paul to a continent. I want you to hear me today. What if I told you that God doesn't want to give you what you want? He wants to give you something bigger. I know that was the theme at the start of the year and I didn't want to forsake it because I want you to understand that when you live with the power of the Holy Spirit, he wants you to have bigger than what you even want for yourself. Some of us want a new apartment. God's setting you up for a house. Some of us want a new job. When God says, no, run a business. Some of us, you just want your kid to graduate and God says, no, I'm going to get that joker a full scholarship that you won't have to pay one cent out of your pocket. Some of us just want one day without feeling the pain. God removed this thorn from my flesh. When God says, no, I'm going to give you a total healing. Your body's going to be brand new bones, tendons, muscles all restored in the name of Jesus. Some of us just want a new man or a new woman when God is setting you up for a spouse that will be with you till death do you part. I want a building, but God says, no, I'm building a church. Listen, I want you to understand, man, I'm not just preaching this message for you. I'm preaching it for me because let me tell you, we've been fighting in this city, man, Miramar, for years now, trying to just find a place called home. The world is opening up. We're still online because we don't have a physical space to claim as our own. And Cool Church has been online. And there are people all living in this country, all over the world that call this church home that would have never called it home if I'd have just settled for the first building that came by. There were some buildings that I thought were ours and God said no. There were more that came up and God said no. And I prayed and I cried 
God and I say, God, why? Why? We got something that we want to offer, man. We got the gospel. We just want to take it to people that need it. And God said, no. And when I wrote this message, I heard the Holy Spirit loud and clear saying to me, no, you don't need a building. No, it's not big enough. I want somebody to hear me when I tell you this today. The business that you want, it's not big enough. The dream that you have, not big enough. The plan that you have, not big enough. The goal that you have, not big enough. The mission you have, not big enough. The vision you have, not big enough. Don't be mad when God says no. He's not saying no for you to stop. He's just saying no for you to understand that what you thought you needed wasn't big enough. God wants to tell you no in order for you to set your sights on something bigger. And I promise you as I stand here today as your pastor, I ain't giving up. I'm going to keep on moving. We're going to keep on going. We, we, let, me, let me tell you something. We ain't going to get a building. We're going to get a city. In the name of Jesus. And it won't stop there. Because I promise you that with God's help, I will take the direction of every no that he gives me, knowing that he's going to put us exactly where he wants us to be. The right time, the right place. He's going to make us the right people because we're obedient to who he is. We're going to preach the gospel if we got to do it in the building or if I got to stay on the internet, no matter where we, I'll preach it in a park. I'll preach it in a parking lot. And if all I got left is a soapbox, I'm going to make sure that somebody knows Jesus by the time it's all said and done. I know you want what you want, but the Holy Spirit, the spirit of no, says no, bigger, bigger. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Maybe you're out there and you say, man, I need that kind of direction that even my nose are leading me to where I'm supposed to go. The only person that can guide you like that is Jesus. The only person. You say, I thought you were talking about the Spirit. God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they're three in one, one in three. When you have Jesus in your heart, you will allow the Holy Spirit to guide you to all the places that God wants you to go. If you need Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will get guidance that you can't get anywhere on earth. Some of you looking for which way to go, you'll never know which way to go if you don't have the Spirit of the Most High God living in you. He will be the one to direct your path. All you have to do is accept Him today. On the count of three, you need Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. Here we go. One, two, three. I can't see it. You're online. <laughs> but that's okay. God can. Hold up your hand. Because more than your hand, God sees your heart. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that he is raised from the dead, you're saved. Man, once you accept Jesus, you are opening your soul, your body, and your spirit up to receiving guidance that will never leave you, that will never forsake you. If you want that today, you raise your hand out there. I want everybody in the sound of my voice to repeat after me. The Bible says, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and Jesus is Lord, and you'll be saved. Here we go. Say, dear Jesus, dear Jesus 
I've sinned, not proud of it, but I admit it. Today, I lay my sin down. Take it, I pray. I don't want it anymore. I reach to heaven, receive your forgiveness, take the place of my sin. I ask that you would accept me to your wonderful family. Today, I give my life completely to you. I'm yours, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. One last prayer. Reach towards me right now. You say, God, I need direction in life. I need guidance. See, we're going to pray, but don't get mad when he tells you no. That's him guiding you. That's guidance. Father God, I pray right now for every person that needs guidance out there right now. I pray that your Holy Spirit will tell them what they need to hear to get them to where you want them to go. Don't let them get mad when they hear no. Let them find joy knowing that you're just trying to guide them to something bigger than what they ever wanted for themselves. God, I pray that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. That God, you will be a lamp into their feet, a light into their path, and you will direct them to exactly where you want them to go. Because God, you don't want to give them what they want. You want to give them something bigger. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, I don't know who that was for today, but here's what I do know. Here's what I know. I'd rather have the Holy Spirit guiding me than me trying to guide myself. I'd rather have a no from the Spirit than a yes from me. Because the Spirit knows what he's talking about. Amen? Hey, we celebrate salvation at Cool Church each and every week. I can't open up the ceiling and show you, but there's a party up in heaven. Angels are breakdancing. The choir's out there singing. The streets of gold are extra shiny. The pearly gates are open. And the heavenly hosts are clapping because some people got saved today. So we celebrate salvation at Cool Church. And on the count of three, I want y'all to shake your cameras. I want you to clap. I want you to put some hearts and some likes in the chat. I want you to turn up. You could comment say, man, I, 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 got, I found Jesus today. Jesus guides my life. He directs my life today. If you made that decision, here we go. One, two, three. Let's go. Make some noise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise him. Yes, Lord. Man, I'm excited for you because if you just accepted Jesus today for the first time, it's the beginning of the journey. And it's beautiful because here's what I can promise you. I know it might be the beginning of the journey and I don't know how long the journey will be, but he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will be with you every step of the way. And just know that even when the Spirit says no, it's because God has your best interest in mind. Just trying to protect you. Just trying to give you more than you ever saw for yourself. Man, I love y'all so much, family. If nobody told you I love you, but more than that, God loves you. And I can't wait to see y'all again. We're going to turn up. Father God, I thank you. For the greatest people in all the world, people of Cool Church, God bless them as they rise up, as they lie down, as they go out, as they come in, they're laboring in their leisure. God, surround them with your presence. And God, I pray that this week of their life will be the best week of their life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, love you. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you've heard, please consider sharing it with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And always remember that you were created out of love.